Hello, Rebellion. Here we are, as promised, back with part two of this epic remembering episode where we remember all the things that did and did not happen before and after we decided to destroy the universe with our fabulous guest, Sar from 5x5 Takes of YouTube fame. So I am not going to do the usual intro with giving you all of the information from the credits like Meph usually does, because you already heard that at the beginning of the last episode, and it's still technically the same episode. So why am I even doing an intro? It's just protocol. People expect an intro. You don't want to hit play and just jump right into the middle of a conversation. That would be weird. So here we go. Part two of Remember. But everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Except that Adora has another flash and she sees Mara and the sword. Sure, but that's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's perfect. No, it's not, though. And, you know, everybody keeps saying that, except... Except for one Scorpia. special person. We love you, Scorpia. We love you, Scorpia. You are crucial to all of so us. So Adora books it to find Scorpia and in... One of the best opening lines to a conversation, Adora just yells, you don't think things are perfect. Because that is, you know, absolutely. the chase. Yeah. Yeah, She does not have time to lose. Yep. And you know that this is alternate universe Scorpia because Scorpia takes personal space seriously. You know, that's another tick for uh, Catra's world, which I think is neat and interesting because we know that Catra does not like to be touched and certainly yep. does not like to be touched without warning and against her will. And so to have her be like, that is that one, like, uh, at the end of, I forget what episode it is, but she's like, Scorpio, remember that talk we had about personal space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think that this only applies to Adora because we saw Scorpia get right up in Adora's face when they first met each other in the briefing room. She didn't care about personal space when it wasn't specifically for her benefit. She doesn't want Adora to get into her space because this is the one person in the world who she doesn't like. So she has no problem getting into anyone else's personal space and other people who she likes, she's fine getting with them getting into her personal space. But this is the one person she does not like. And this person is not allowed to get into her personal space. I thought that was the joke. It could go either way. It could be interpreted either way. Specificity of like, I, pr- I happen to be very like, or whatever. I'm- yeah, I take it very seriously. It's the, yeah, it's the specificity yeah, of mine. Yeah. And like knowing that Catra was like, hey, remember that talk we had about personal space? Um, yeah. Yeah, it could be. But she <laughs> um, put her face right up in Adora's face in the briefing room. But, you know, Regardless of whether or not this is, you know, whose universe is part of, we have Adora knowing that Scorpia knows that shit is fucked up. And Adora's starting to remember. Click, bing. And that perhaps maybe they should go to Hordak's sanctum to try to figure out more. Yes. Fucking sanctum these days. Who's that dramatic? Ugh, I know. Whatever. His man lab pain, whatever. Yes, yes. Scorpia gives us a little bit more comedy, which we desperately need. She says, I'm not sure if you know, but nobody's allowed in there without express permission. I mean, this is basic stuff. Are you sure you're qualified to be a force captain? Yeah, I think I, it's really I, funny that they that there's still this insistence upon like protocol uh, in such a like end of the world, the void is consuming us. I think it's I think it's funny and neat. Like, oh well, you're gonna get punished by Hordax. Like, that is the yeah. least. Yeah. Of your fucking yeah. worries right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I, that's I, another Scorpio quality. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, we have, 
you know, Adora being like, we have to fix things. We have to go where it all started. Bing, click, you know, yeah. more motify stuff. And then Scorpia does the, you know, listen to the nice lady voice. And it's like, yep. every, you know, listen to the nice lady. I know. And re- like reaches her tail up, ready to like knock her, you know, to, yep. you know, knock her out and, you know, take her to the cuckoo bananas, you know, uh, yeah. you know, inf- part of the infirmary. Mm-hmm. They have that. Uh, apparently, or you know, I think we that just might, we don't know might, what, yeah. what the horde does or with their walk her in a their... closet. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. Do you think the horde has an on-site therapist? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, not. just be locked her in a closet. Whatever they do with their mentally unstable people, that's what Scorpia is going yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. But it does not come to that because yeah. Adora is so agitated that she does not stand still long enough for Scorpia to sting her. Yeah. And then uh, Adora says the magic word that finally snaps Scorpia out of her false reality. She's magic Catra. word, of course, for Scorpia and all of us is Catra. It is a magic word for all of us. Ah, and then we have, you do remember. Cling. Yay. And we have, you know, Scorpia's flashbacks to snuggle buddy times with Catra and, you know, all the good times on, on ships and in the waste and and then we kind of have some of the, you know, less exciting times with Catra. You want to be next? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And, and then Scorpia, after Adora says, oh, you do remember. And, and Scorpia has some of those bad memories. She says, no, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Catra, she was just scared. She didn't mean to. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting things. This is all wrong. How did we get here? So she's, you know, she's like snapping out of it. So that's what, yeah. that's what I think is interesting, which is why I'm like, I think the second that Catra gets her flash, like she, what you can't unstuff the genie from the bottle. Because like here, mm-hmm. when, once Scorpia gets a flash, she's like, oh, balls. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you know what I mean? The memory enters you and you can deny all you want from that point, but you've seen it. Like you've seen it and you've felt it. Um, you know, so like Catra gets her flash and it's like, you can keep pretending, but it's like you, you, it's, it's entered you. I agree with that, but I want to add a modifier. I really think that your experience of that process is affected by the degree to which you want to know the truth versus the degree to which you are comforted by the lie and prefer the lie. And again, like trying to wake up when you really don't want to versus when you're really excited about your day. Because of all people, this is Scorpia's least happy reality. Like Scorpia is yeah. not happy with this reality. Scorpia was happier when she and Catra were buddies and Adora but was not there. not crazy about the current reality because Catra just went, you know, off the fucking rails and was a, you know, dick and was like, oh, I'm going to fucking electrocute. That's what I'm saying. This reality is no good for Scorpia. She is eager to snap out of it versus Catra has a strong stake in holding on to the fantasy tooth and nail as long as possible. I feel like she's resisting waking up from this dream the most. So I believe that Catra, be- I-, I think it's a slow drawn up process for Catra, the coming to awareness. I feel like she's aware that th- the unreality of it, but the sharpness, the singular sharpness of, of Scorpio being like, oh, this is all rough. Like, it's very sharp and clear and immediate for Scorpia, and I don't think it's that sharp and clear and immediate for Catra. Yeah. I think it's a slower process for Catra. Um, but I... luckily, it is not a slow process for Scorpia because Adora really needs an ally right now. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, Scorpia knocks really quickly out of the world of illusion, and uh, they Adora says, we have to get to Hardak Sanctum, and then, you know, the time space goes, blah, 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 and now they're... There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, here you yes. go. Yeah, sanctum, very, you say. Polite, uh, reality, alternate reality. Yeah, you want to go here? Here you go. It's true. Though, yeah. I think I would like, I'd like the, like, time jumping and teleportation part. I wouldn't like the um, existential dread of knowing that reality is completely collapsing upon me and itself. Yeah, I think that's a, a bit too big of a price tag. Teleportation would also probably make me nauseous personally, but that's just me. Like, I feel like. Oh, the- yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like the like the sudden motion sickness things. I get that. Yeah. Um, I would definitely we- prefer to fly than to teleport if I had the choice. Oh, I'm too impatient. I would, te- I would want to teleport. Fly. I'll just smoke weed afterwards so I'm not I nauseous anymore. I mean, I don't anymore. even want to fly necessarily to get somewhere. I just want to experience the feeling <laughs> of soaring flight. This checks out with everything I know about you, Jenny. <laughs> really I think you can, like <laughs> jump out of a plane with a parachute that's i have done that um it's actually not as exciting <laughs> really? as i hoped it would be really um, I mean, i'm sure them. it's exciting but it doesn't feel like flying oh. so i actually um i want to learn how to hang glide sometime in the next couple of years oh yeah but it still is not going to be the same as actually having the power of flight which i would choose over teleportation if someone offered me <laughs> That choice. <laughs> FYI, I'm just putting that out there for the universe. All right, universe. Let, in one of the multiverses, yes. make sure Jenny can fly. Yes. So we get to Hordex Sanctum. Scorpius freaked out. How did we get here? And the door's like, just go with it. Yeah, let's just, it's fine. You know, and I love that Scorpius harping on the, oh, we'll get fired. And then they do the awesome, like the shh, shh, and then they do the slap fight. And it's just a really great little like bit yes, of comedy all, there. These are two of the most world-class fighters that you yeah. could possibly ask for. And they're just having this ridiculous slap fight. Yeah, I also, again, I, I, I'm struck by and, and whatever interested or I think it's funny. Again, the even even alluding to protocol, like I'm going to be fired. And it's like, have we not established that this universe is a farce and is collapsing in on itself? Yeah, Five, yeah bigger fire, fish to fry, Scorpio. Like this is not that's that's not even you know remotely a priority. Yeah, employment. Yeah, yeah, yeah employment versus yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, she's you know she's a stickler for protocol for following rules. Yep, um, you know you know she you know. aced force captain orientation. Like yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. She's it, so. she can't just turn off her awareness of wanting to follow the rules. Right, right, right. Yeah, even though it is not helping her right now at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so- while they are quibbling and, you know, the guards go down, oh, my God, the door to Hordex Sanctum has disappeared. Yep. And uh, we have, you know, the instant, like, <laughs> I love that there was like, how are we going to beat them up? Click. They beat them up. How are we going to get in there? Click. It's not there. Like, OK. And then Another, just a, a question to chomp on is that Adora's subconscious driving this or is that the universe itself moving things what is accounting for that oh i don't know Ooh. man that is chompy you know what i mean like is it is it the universe yeah. that's like pushing things in a certain direction to try to fix itself or is it because it's Adora's like thing she's the center of the portal like we find out or like the the mm-hmm. that yeah. her mind her being like oh i need to get here makes her there just food for thought yeah it does seem to be I mean, since, as you said, we do eventually find out from Raz that the portal is centered on Adora because she is connected to the sword and the sword is the key. And so in a way, Adora is the key. Um, It does seem to be following her, but we can't really know. Yeah. Um, So we, you know. (laughs) We get another glimpse of Raz 
we got another glimpse of Raz, and Scorpio's like, okay, I did not see that. So I'm, but you know what? You know what's going on. I don't see any other options. So let's go try to, you know, let's no, go try we to have find. To, we have to go over the, these are very quality, funny lines. Let's just take okay. a, the quick let's second. It. It's that lady. What lady? The one who says Mara, come on. Okay, that makes no sense. But I'm going to follow you because I don't see a lot of other options. I love that. It's a great exchange. I love that. Quality and stuff. Is she wrong? What else you can fucking do? Yeah, I mean, right. she is correct in her assessment of the situation. Yeah. There's a, a, another question here that really does not get answered in this one and the next one, but it's like, what is Raz's presence in this whole thing? To what... what like, I mean, she is just an anomaly in the show itself. But like, what degree of control agency does she have? How is she popping in and out? You know, well, Raz, Raz exists outside of the understandings of time and space. Raz has like shrugged off the world of illusions, right? Be- because she's Raz, because she's achieved enlightenment. She's she's outside of it. Raz is a being of magic. Yeah, my assessment so. of Raz is that she is part of Etheria. Like, she is the embodiment of the magic of Etheria, the same way um, Agra is the embodiment of the magic of Thra, which is the world of the Dark Crystal. I feel like she was born when the planet was born, and she will always exist as long as the planet exists. I agree. So I don't think she, she doesn't have any agency like to change what is happening clearly, but she is somewhat more untethered because she is aware, you know, because she is a being of pure magic and she is untethered from time as we have seen before. She is somewhat more free to move through it, but I feel like that's the extent of, of what kind of agency she has, but that's just my interpretation. I think that it's certainly up for interpretation. Hmm. Raz just has Buddha nature. That's all it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Bubby Buddha. So, yeah. Bubby Buddha. Also, I'm sure it's it's uh been taken note of, but I always think it's funny that uh Raz's voice actress is voice actor is Gray and I don't know how to say the last name. I don't know if it's uh, Delisa, right? Gray Griffin. Oh yeah, or Delise. She or Delisle, Delisle, whatever. Yeah. It's Azula, yeah. which I think is yes. very funny. We yeah. have yeah. we have discussed this at length. We have discussed this, yes. Yeah, yeah, we we, we, we love, love Azula, we love Raz, we love Gray Griffin, and yeah, she has her IMDb credits. She has a, a several different nom de plumes, um, but she is a, a, a very um, storied voice actor. She has done so many things, um, and in one of our early episodes, I talked about a hilarious TikTok she did, or um, several years back um, after Trump lost the election and went haywire and started tweeting all this crazy shit. So Grey Delise dressed up in full Azula costume and she really looks the part. She has the right hair. She has the right features. And she started reading Trump's tweet in like full Azula character, just like getting more and more unhinged. And it's just the most hilarious shit. It's awesome. Yeah. And I sent it to my dad because my dad is a big Avatar fan. My dad and my brother got me into it at the same time. And my dad is 72, bear this in mind. And he's not on social media at all, but every once in a while I send him a TikTok that I know he'll appreciate. And he was watching it for weeks. Like my stepmom kept texting me being like, I can hear your dad watching the Azula video in the next room and he's laughing hysterically. I mean, it's awesome. It's quality. And she plays a bunch of characters on this show. I actually noticed in the credits of the next episode that she also voices the head guard in Bright Moon. Yep, Ju- Juliet. 
Yeah. There's a timber that's very similar to Azul that I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, yeah. yes, you, yes, I mean, yes. You might as well get, get your actors to do miscellaneous voices. Also, a uh, final thing that I really like about how as, as the uh, urgency of the situation and the decaying reality continues, uh, we mm-hmm. get more and more of these like nice like Dutch angle shots and like rotating camera of like something's not right, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything's at a bit of a tilt, a bit of an angle, and it, and it only grows mm-hmm. as the episode goes on. Yeah, I, I do love that. I guess an animation is different, but I like when you get to see some like fun camera play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, yes, yes. Uh, you know, shouts to the directors and the storyboard artists for their wonderful and deliberate pacing and, you know, just all of the things. Uh, Very much. We get one uh, more little moment of Scorpia comedy. She's running after a door who's much faster and she's panting. Why is everyone? So fast. It's fucking I mean, funny. I, I, I mean, she's so I feel like, that. like so true. Yeah, I mean, she's a powerhouse, but she's not yeah. the fastest person on the she team. Is the, That's uh, fine. Power lifter, not the like sprint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's the tank. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, those muscles are heavy. Yeah, yeah, and also, uh, you know, so we have the chasing, and then we have the like it though this really funny back and forth between the two of them. Where it's like, you know, if this works, you can, you know, Dora's like, if this works, you can go back to hating me. And then uh, Scorpio likes, like, look, if you get us out of this, I won't hate you. I will dislike you a reasonable amount. And yes. that is like the biggest cancer energy that I've ever heard. That is like. <laughs> that is, <laughs> yeah, like, that's a great um, Adora Scorpio moment. Yeah. One of the best. Yeah. So, it's you know. Probably the most quotable. Yep. So, you know, they, they, they make they make a deal about yes. that. And now they are free to hold hands slash claws like buddies. Yep. But the sword isn't there. Nope. Even and though Adora has memories of it being there. Rude. Rude. And also a tiny me. thing, even though the portal isn't there. The screens behind Scorpia on the wall still show schematics of the portal and the wormhole. Um, yeah. If you pause, I mean, it's a few different fleeting moments. If you pause at the time code 1352, you can see a perfect oh. picture of the portal and wormhole schematic on the screen behind Scorpia in Hordex Sanctum. So even though the portal's not there, there are still some vestiges. Groovy. Here to clearly pose a thought food uh continuously because i'm like okay, yes, yes yes what if in this you know fledgling reality a portal had been built and developed what fucking then is it just like infinite reality wormhole you know what i mean a portal within a portal like who knows mm, yeah but where is I it i love this I don't, I don't know i mean i guess they would have needed something to power it, it wouldn't it, what if it wasn't the sword what if they had some other tech i don't know i'm just like yeah, clearly yeah, on the yeah. schematics what if they created a portal within a portal it was just like, yeah, it's like when you have two mirrors facing each other. So uh, this is kind of a big thing because when they get there, we have some flashbacks of the portal. And we have now we have Adora flashing back of Catra pulling mm. the lever. And now Adora is remembering specifically what Catra did mm-hmm. to trigger this reality. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah, which is also, oh. again, is such an interesting like catalyst for all of this, right? Because that uh-huh. was, the the pulling of the lever is one of the like big 
like universe all i mean not just universe altering but like big character moments of like this is one of the po- points of no return of like and yep. we hear her say why she's like i did i was gonna win yeah, she was so obsessed with winning at that point she was like oh, yeah. whatever it takes i don't fucking care she was, she was like this could make a mess but we're gonna win and you're gonna lose yeah and and leading directly into this universe we're like oh everything's great we're friends right which is so it because it's like for her that even that is is winning it's you yeah. know what I mean? like going from this moment of like ultimate villainy ultimate vengeance ultimate like bitterness to like oh well everything's fine now so like you know what i mean it's so yeah. it's so neat that those are the two catchers that we get like back to back yeah like fuck you mm-hmm. this is what catcher winning looks like exactly yeah yeah half just wants to win as her best friend in their happy little gay domestic life together it's either you know what i mean it's like fine you don't want to yeah. fucking be with me fine you're gonna see how how goddamn successful i can yeah. do without yes. you watch watch me watch me do stuff without you watch me earn it watch without me you. tear down the whole fucking world right? it's like if fine, you, I, you are not gonna right? be with that switch so it's either that or okay no we are together and everything's great and everything's fine or yeah. no, I'm but I don't have to destroy watch, the world. Right. Is this like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sweet baby catch. The other important thing that Adora remembers in this moment. Um, actually, I'm just going to read the line because it's very neat. Um, yep. Adora says, Catra, it was Catra. Catra did this. She captured me. She took. And as she says, the sword, she has a flashback, not mm-hmm. just of the sword, but of the seminal sword moment from the pilot when she first sees it in its little Excalibur shaft of light in the woods. So yep. this is the moment where it sort of comes together. Mm-hmm. And then she has this sort of dawning comprehension. She says, the sword, there's supposed to be a sword. My sword, but it's gone. It's in the portal. That's why we're here. I need to find it. So now she has finally figured out sort of in a rudimentary way what has to happen. Yep. And then they have to run and hide because they hear Imp a twittering. I like her Imp. saying my sword, right? Of this, yes. this moment. Yes. Because she's always, her relationship to the sword and everything it symbolizes is always very ambivalent. Like, is it me? Is it part of me? Is it not me? And so her mm-hmm. being like, my sword. I think that's mm-hmm. significant. Yeah, I yeah. do. I like yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's going to be an ongoing thing because eventually there's going to be a different sword. Not her sword. That's the thing. Eventually she's going to smash the hell out of that. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's a false sword, but. We're not there yet, but it's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Her relationship with the sword is very central. It's a very good point. Um, But now we have Hordak, red-eyed and menacing out of the darkness. We have Imp being the most creepy he's ever been. I know in the past I have said that I liked him. But what I do not like is when he lands on the desk and starts sniffing the air. Yeah, that's creepy. Tell you what, if you have a basically human face, you should not be sniffing the air like an animal. Either be... Either be human or don't be human. You remember that episode where, where Catra gets on the yeah, cars and goes, but she's half cat, so it's okay for her. But you said if she had, they have a basically human face. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Like, I don't know why Imp it like... me out when Imp does it. You know, his little his little screech. I don't know. I just don't like it here. It creeps me out. Imp's creepy. He's creepy. So Scorpion and Adora are hiding in their little corner, and they hide for like five seconds, and then for some reason they decide that the coast is clear, even though Hordak and Imp are both still in the room. And they turn to each other and say, boy, that was close. Like, seriously, have you never seen a horror movie? Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they don't I don't think they really watch films in the horde. No, they clearly have never seen yeah. a horror movie because that's the cue for him to land right in front of them, screaming his horrible half metallic little imp scream right in their fucking faces. And it's 
pretty gross. Nope. I'm like, not pro imp. Like, yeah, you better run. So there's nothing to do then but run. And run, and run from the sanctum as the portal glitch consumes it. And run they do. And oh, Scorpia? Where'd Scorpia go? Scorpia doesn't make it. Scorpia doesn't make it. She gets nothing. Whomp. Scorpia gets... Or blipped, however you want to think of it. Whatever your cross-medium comparison of choices. Um, and then, so this is an interesting part uh, that I wanted to point out. Because at first we kind of have like things blipping out of reality. And now we have the actual physical reality around them collapsing. Right. So, like, we now have the actual structure of the Fright Zone collapsing um, and manifesting in, like, physical, observable, destructive ways that people in this world of illusions can see. Yes. So we have that. And then, of course, speaking of things popping from the world of illusions into reality, why, we have Rez. Why, hello, my deity. Uh, and... And Adora does not know who this is and is like, why do I? And I love that this this is who are you? Why do I know you? Because Adora knows that she knows Raz, but doesn't know why she knows Raz. And also wants to know, why are you here? And is this real? Is this real? Because like, if anything is saying shit is getting real, it's the literal world, physical world collapsing around them, right? So yes, this is real. And... Raz gives us a little bit of hope that says you can still fix it. There's still time. And Raz is also the one that confirms that this is real. Yes. Because I'm afraid so. Yes. Yeah. And I like that, that, of you know, out of all the people that are confirming this reality, it's Raz who lives within and without all realities on Etheria. Yes. So good for her. And this is the one person that Adora sort of intuitively knows that she can trust. I also yeah. like how like, chill Raz is about it like she's like yeah you know still worth it. like I don't know if she's again if she's affected by this at all but she she just is very like level well, about it all Raz is the one person who's been through it before so she's oh, the yeah. only person who has context yeah that's true also as you pointed out Mef she is a Buddha so she has this level of detachment that nobody else could possibly have yeah she's seen through the world of illusion so whatever happens all will be as it should be and the universe will maintain its own balance and she has a detachment from ego that allows her i feel like to be at peace with that yeah yeah i would agree with that um and then you know so we have raz being like so find me in the woods and then you know fucking off and then now we have lonnie coming in and saying Adora, where have you been? And, you know, as the world is falling apart around them, the question she asks is, where have you been? Like everything is as if things are normal. Not like what the fuck is going on. Right. We we, we were supposed to meet for lunch. Where were you? Right. Like, and then we have Adora saying, where are Kyle and Rogelio? And this is so sad because Lonnie doesn't know who they are. So they were like blipped out of existence. And now Lonnie doesn't doesn't have her boyfriends yeah that makes me sad it's very sad um and then she kind of says i don't and then you know it kind of clicks in for her i think they're gone and that's all we have is gone that's the only understanding that lonnie has about what's happening Mm -hmm. and then sees what's going on around them and because now lonnie you know when that kind of clicked in the the you know the lonnie seeing through the illusion 
because um, only the melting of the universe can break up our polyhouse powerhouse polycule. And now Lonnie sees past it. And yes. Mm. And, you know, the ground is crumbling under their feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, once again, physical reality is now melting is like observably collapsing. Yeah. Like, you know, and like big chunks of ground are being pulled up into the sky. Yeah. You know, like it looks like the apocalypse breaking down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It looks it looks like apocalypse weather to like more people than just, you know, Adora. Yeah, yeah. And it's more it's 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 even looking more like the nothing from the never ending story. It's like if you don't move out of the way, you are going to be like pulled up into nothingness in a way that you can physically see. Yeah. So they so. so they run away. They run back indoors inside a hallway and Adora, you know, Lonnie almost falls into a crack in the ground. Adora pulls her out. They both run inside. And Adora rushes up to slam her hand on the control to close the door. And then she turns back to Lonnie, but Lonnie is not there. There is no Lonnie. Yes, there is only Zool. There is no Lonnie, there's only Zool. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, there's not even Zool. There's nobody. There's nobody. Yeah. So Adora's running and finds Catra. Who's casually hanging out? With the with the the other horde queers, yep, yeah, with the ones with like the shaggy hair and the wallet chain, yep, yep, the and background like, queers, Intr- you know, significantly less detail somehow uh, in their uh, faces than yep. uh, other main characters. I don't know why. Yeah, one of them we've never even seen their eyes. Yeah, it's just I, like, like I also think it's nice how again we saw this before as well, but like Katra is a fun you know this sort of undoes her loneliness a bit like we don't really see her like being chummy with people in the real world and here you know we even have like this you know cursory little scene of her like chatting it up with people like that you know whoever's fantasy it is like clearly that's a significant thing too is for Mm -hmm. to just be liked a little more Yeah, yeah yeah and i think that um, it's probably part of both katra and adora's fantasy for that to be true because yeah in some places and in some cases we can't really tell we see we are like it could be adora's it could be catra's i think that itself is very cool and very telling of how it, you know as misaligned as they are also aligned that the, they their their thoughts of how much they love each other yeah you know i think that that's a neat thing that sometimes we can't discern like is this adora's subconscious looking out for catra or catra looking out for herself or vice versa right yeah. right yeah Exactly. That's yes, that's very well put. Right. Because despite all of the tangible factors that make it impossible for them to move forward together right now, the love they share is real. Obviously, they do love each other. They do care for each other. They want each other to be happy and have what they want to the degree that it's possible. Yeah, it's which is why, again, it's just it's just such a good undertaking of like these two coexisting things of like you can enormously love someone, you can enormously care for someone and not understand them in ways that are really significant and that are impediments to certain levels of closeness. And that's that relationship is still real and meaningful. Yeah. And there are things that are missing, right? It's these two things that are yeah, just- Yeah, yeah. Or just not be able to give them what they need, yeah, yeah. even if or, understand, or not, yeah. even if misunderstanding isn't part of it, you yeah. can love someone and just not be able to give them what they need. Or, or not yeah. be able to give them what they need right now. And also like love and understanding, you know, it's like you can love someone and not understand them and not have them understand you, you know? And it's not insurmountable, but like you have to be open to yeah. that, which clearly, like, you know, well, it's not quite possible yet. But I just think it's neat that these two things yeah. are like circling each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Dora grabs Catcher away from her other queer buddies, drags her into a storage closet. Catcher kiss? does not know what the I fuck like, is going on. Do you wanna, I know. Do you want to <laughs> Maybe you want to kiss and the world's going to end. So maybe we should kiss. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and Catra still in denial with big quotes. I have denial here. Yeah. Denial. They have to leave right fucking now. And she lists by name all of their lifelong friends who have disappeared. And Catra does not remember any of them. So mm-hmm. she has no idea what Adora is talking about. Yep. And then we have Catra saying everything's fine. Bing. Yep. And Adora and- says, don't say it's perfect. I know it's not perfect. And so do you. And now we have Catcher's big flashback and yes. then going right back into denial land. Yes, yes. Again, I love the realization that plays across her face. And I love the repetition, like in, in the actual animation, the thing that she does. Yes. Holds herself to like comfort herself. Yep, I have that yes. in my notes too. Yeah, which yeah. We see, you know, we see in all sorts of scenarios, but we see this like instinctive, like, like knowing, you know, that something's wrong and i think also yep. i mean the enormous thing here is like there's you know i don't want to return to the world where everything is fucked up and terrible but there's also like an enormous amount of shame and guilt you know yes. like it's not mm-hmm. you know, not to say that, yeah. that the decision she made wasn't you know she she had full agency she wanted to do it in the moment but it was also an act of like enormous despair and pain and obviously not something that like she's capital p proud of so like you can see i mean i see it at least in, in the in the voice acting, in the animation, like an enormous amount of shame of like, absolutely. Fuck, I wish, yeah. like, you know, because um, she knows, she's not stupid. She knows that that's sort of a point of no return. Absolutely, yeah. it's a terrible thing to have to face. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit, I've caused the apocalypse. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? So Katria says, "You've gone crazy. I'm not going anywhere." And Adora is desperate and panicking, and she looks over and sees that full bin of zappers. Standard issue horde zappers. They just like keep them in a box in the closet. Well, it's a storage closet. Sure, but it's just like they just like pile them on top of each other. I, I yeah. mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And fire hazard. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like they don't just have them like like in cases or anything. It's just like in like a cardboard box. Horde like doesn't have great safety regulations. Yeah, what? there's no OSHA for the horde. I mean, horde. everything's metal. How big of a fire hazard can it be? It could be an explosion hazard. Oh, that's well, true. Anyway, regardless of how advisable it is to have a big bin of zappers, Adora grabs one, zaps Katra to save her. Right. And like, carries her, cradles her like a baby, and runs away as the glitch continues consuming the rest of the Fright Zone very dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then, I also fucking love this inversion of. I mean, every every single beat. Yes, and so now they're back on the skiff again, recreating. Yeah, you know, going back to the beginning. This is how it started: the two of them on a skiff going off to the Whispering Woods. But in this situation, the entire fright zone is being blipped out of existence behind them as they yeah. go. Sp- like significantly, right? What's different? Catra was taken by force, unconscious. They are not, they are in, in every way not on the same page. They're not right. like, let's go together. It's like, I'm dragging you. You're unconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. There's not right. collaboration of any kind. Right. Adora's yeah. trying to save Catra's life. Right. And also, Adora zaps Catra, like, you know, in like a panicked way, just as Catra zapped Adora in the sword as well. Right. You know, exactly. just like, I, we just have to get, you know, I need to take you home or I need to take you away. Like, it's, right. it's very right. much driven by that. 
Yeah. I mean, I think also, like, again, it's, it's obvious, but like for all of the uh, correct, uh, like, uh, uh, acknowledgements of the, the, na- the parallel narrative arcs between Glimmer and Katra, I mean, everyone's a fucking parallel, but like, Adora and right. Katra are paralleled in, in so many ways. You know? Right. So now we have a new scene out in the woods on the skiff. So they're, they're wrestling on the skiff and, uh, you know, Katra wakes up and, you know, they're they're fighting on the skiff. Just once again, parallel, just like, you know, they were wrestling on the skiff to control the skiff, um, just as in the sword. But of and, course, in the sword, it was very lighthearted and they were yeah, sort of laughing was, and wrestling. And now yeah, it's exactly. not lighthearted. <laughs> it is not lighthearted. Yeah, no one is laughing now. Caps. Katra, uh, just let your girlfriend save your goddamn life. Yeah. But we know it can't play out and, like that. And then, of course, you know, we have the line, right? We have the, here's the big thesis of the entire series. Adora, I won't leave you behind. Katra, why can't you stay? We have everything we ever wanted. The, oh, wow. It's just like really hammered home here, y'all. Like, so, I mean, there it fucking is. There it fucking is. There it is. They are yeah. screaming at each other. The, like, yes. why can't you just get that I'm on your side or that I want, like, but they, it is so, like, yeah. they are not speaking each other's language. I mean, you yeah. can, you know, place fault and blame in different ways, whatever. It's, you know, Catcher's clearly a little more unhinged here, but it's like, they are not speaking the same language like, yeah. at all. No. And then, yeah, because Adora says it's not real. Ultimately, what they're trying to convey to each other, like what's deep beneath everything, all the fucking mess that, again, they're not going to untangle for a while. It's like, damn, I fucking care about you. Like, dude, I I, I care about yeah. you. I want you with me. That is what's, what's there, but it's buried beneath this noise that just, it makes this whole mess. Messy That's babies. It's just so sad. I mean, right, it's just right. fundamentally sad. Yeah. Right. Because they have that perfect symmetry of I won't leave you behind. Why can't you just stay? Right. That's the perfect symmetry. But Adora has an answer for why can't you just stay? She says, it's not real, Katra. As much as I wish things could be simple the way they used to be, there's no going back. And Katra doesn't have an answer for that. She just shouts and shoves Adora away and, you know, starts fighting because she doesn't have an answer for that. She just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. I also love the acknowledgement. This is one of my few, I don't know if it's a gripe per se, but it's something I wish we would have gotten a, a tad bit more of uh, in their, you know, an unpacking of everything is Adora here being like, I won't leave you behind again. I think that's enormously significant. I think that's something that's uh, unpacked a little bit less than it should have been. Like, obviously, again, as as a Catra lover enjoyer, right? Like, uh, yeah. she had she had a lot more of the, you know, blame in this, if we want to put in air quotes, you know, a lot more of the whatever. However... Adora just fucking up, fucking off and leaving and running into Catra by accident. And then being like, oh, you can come too if you want. Like, that was extremely, like, painful and scary. Like, she wasn't like. Yeah. Just like, it's because they ran into each other. But it's like, like, I wish there had been a slight bit more of acknowledgement of like what that would have done. You know, of like, I did just leave and I was just going to keep doing what I was doing. Shira, Bo, Glimmer. Until I bumped into you, but it was like that's huge. I wish that there would have been like a tad more of like, hey, I realize how fucked up it was, you know, to like fuck fuck off and leave when you were alone, and probably then would have faced a bunch of pain and consequences after I left. Like I, if I didn't think about that. I'm so sorry, you know. Like goddamn, like you you were alone. I was your one sort of like protector, you know, just like a teeny bit more because it's like that's why Catra then goes all black and white thinking is because she's like, oh, you literally do not give a shit about me. 
which obviously mm-hmm. isn't the case, but it's like, you left me there with Shadow Weaver. Yeah, and Catra does bring that up, too, in, in one of the earlier, before everything, you know, before they completely break apart. Catra does be like, is like, do you know what happened to me when you, yeah, do you know what happened yeah. when you left? Do you even care? Which obviously yes. Aurora does. I, I wish that they had just sent that home a little bit more, but, you know, yeah. that's, that, yeah. that's other just, stuff. But I, I like that it's acknowledged here a little bit of, like, you know, what, how I mean, we have flashbacks to that moment that we just haven't quite gotten to yet. And I mean, I think I think you're being a little bit unfair to Adora in your summation of how that went down in the beginning, because Adora's entreaty of Catra to come with her was a lot more sincere than you're making it sound. She's like, oh, you can come with me if you want to. Makes it sound very casual. And like Adora doesn't have a big stake in it. And like, oh, she just left and she wasn't going to go back unless they just happen to been been to each other. It had been like two days. That's and, like you know, it felt from Catra's point of view, right? Like, yes, of course, that's how Catra saw it. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's what I was saying. But right? Adora begged her to come with her. She was down on her knees. It was like a marriage. It looked like, you know, if you look at it, it looks like she's, you know, asking her to marry her. Um, and yeah, I, if I apologize that that wasn't clear, I was meaning it like that is the way that it came across, right? That like you were you, I see you with these people. I see you, you know, completely having switched sides on a a dime. And now you ask me, um, like it's because Catra isn't able to, to, you know, think in a, in a balance. Right, right, right. No, no, Catra didn't see it that way. It's an all or nothing thing. So it felt like, again, I'm saying it it felt like I'm an afterthought. She, she, she doesn't. Right. Right, that's how Catra saw it. Um, but, you know, Adora tried of she did. to make her see how wanted she was and never stopped trying to make her feel wanted. And then the flashbacks that are continuing from this point as they're fighting, you know, they just had the lines that we said. And then, you know, Catra can't hear that there's no going back. So they continue fighting. And then Adora says, why did you do it? Why did you Catra do it? says, I don't know what you're talking about. And this is, of course, very open to interpretation about to what degree do we believe that Catra doesn't know what she's talking about. So we can all, you know, see it from whatever point of view we see it. Mm-hmm. And then Adora, you know, the glitch is continuing to get closer to them as they're fighting. And Adora says, there's no time we have to go. And then Catra, you know, she is really shutting down. She's like you were saying, she's wrapping her arms around herself, trying to either comfort herself or not accept what's happening. And then she flashes back to the childhood promise mm-hmm. where they say to each other, where baby Adora says, you look out for me and I look out for you. Nothing really bad can happen as long as we have each other. And baby Catra says, you promise. And then it transitions really smoothly. Baby Adora saying, I promise. Switching back to present Adora saying, I promise everything will be okay if we just stay together. Yeah. So this is the callback to earlier Patrick saying everything will be okay if we just stay together, meaning you stay here with me. And now Adora is begging her. She's being as vulnerable as she can be, as sincere as she can be. I want you to stay with me. I want us to stay together. If we stay here, we're going to die. Just stay with me and we can fix it. And Catra can't hear that. They're not in the same place. And it just is what it is. Just let me fix this. Yeah. 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 Um, And that's when Catra again flashes back to that moment in Thamor. Adora's run away with me, marry me moment when she, you know, the handhold that that pivotal shot of their handhold moment where Adora reaches out and says, you can, you know, you don't have to go back. Come with me. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing, right? So, so again, I, I, if, if uh, clarifying my point earlier is still, mm. I, I, it, it's 
capture needs to be a priority, right? If there's anything mm. that's like you're leaving with other people, you're leaving yeah. because you have some other ambition. Like it's like that. That is the thing. That's yeah. Why it's yeah. like uh, if there is anything else that that is or could become a priority over me, I am terrified. I don't feel safe. Yeah. I don't fucking know. You make new friends. What if you're just gonna go? feel you know closer to them what if you have some other ambition yeah, and you like yeah. being shira more than you like whatever being with me it's like I, that is why i'm like you have to stay in this environment where we i already right. understand the status quo even the right. fucked up status quo um that, right. that's why i'm saying like right in in the beginning that's why she felt like an afterthought because like you have already now you have these two other priorities you have the sword and shira and these new friends it's like hello right i have right. to be the priority or i don't right. know what the fuck to do with myself yeah right. and right. i i, I want to just call back to a couple of things one I just have this entire scene as gayest moment. Like we stopped having gayest oh, moments, yeah. but this is my gayest moment of gay moments. But yes. I hate saying that because my heart is like breaking in this yes. gayest moment. Yes. And two, um, sorry, I want to kind of bring back something, just kind of go back to what you were talking about and tie it into, I think it was your videos on why Catra and why Adora matter talking about how they both believe in the idea of finite love. Because I've probably been taught like yeah, yeah it's, and that's what and, and sort of in opposing ways it's really like fucked up and sad like all of this is like fucked up and sad and yeah, like, that's yeah. why that's why they can't reconcile here despite wanting the same thing and that's why they won't reconcile for a long 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 ass time is because it's like again with catchers like you the second there's another priority like i my worth is completely like in in the balance and i she's yeah. like that is just a risk it's not like and it, obviously it's not like she's thinking through this like no well, no of it, course it's all subconscious it's this this in yes fear um and it's based on trauma that's lived experience it's what yeah. they've been taught is because again it's it's is this all or nothing it's if this then not this if you're you know if a door is not here you're in danger if you know when a door is you know it, it's everything that's taught from shadow weaver it's this very like restrictive and obviously not real perception of love and care and safety you know yeah it sucks <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. sucks. And I mean, that's why this show is so relatable for so many people as adults because it deals with trauma on such a deep level. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it sucks, but it's so real. And yeah. specifically, again, the, the thing that is so like on both ends, and that is obviously also so real, is again key point here is all so much of this is subconscious, which is like massive, right? This isn't stuff that they're like thinking through, like well. If you leave, right? Of course, it's this you know en enormous well of of feelings that is just like oh you know alarm bells of like uh uh this feels this feels scary this feels unsafe I don't care what I have to do that's why it's so fucking bad shit you're like well why why didn't you just go with her like it's like it's almost like well duh dummy like she wants you but it's like this is so unfamiliar that that risk is not worth it I I will pull a lever that I don't know what it's gonna do because mm -hmm. like I got yeah. nothing right it's so like subconscious fear fight or flight ism I, again mm -hmm. fucked up sad yeah sad sad yeah i mean this world is a visual representation of what is going on in their subconscious struggles yeah yeah uh, now we have another conversation about want right because both of them have this really tense uh they have both of them have this really tense and kind of fucked up relationship with the idea of wanting things, right? Katra does want things, but Katra does not believe that she gets to get the things she wants. Adora does not know how to want things. Yeah. Adora does not know how to want things that are have to do with like, you know, 
herself. Herself, yeah. right? Yeah. She this can. This episode with Shadow Weaver again, as you know, all she knows about wants is what's told her. Is like, is this not what you wanted? Right. You're old enough to want. Right. This is what I told you to want. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, poor abused babies. The, the, I, I mean, that like also like, you know, as both of those having, you know, having this uh, internal like struggle with the idea of want. It's a really kind of classic uh, manifestation of trauma. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back real quick to what I said at the end of the last episode about the dark night of the soul. This point that we are at right now is one representation manifestation of what it can look like to be you know in the lowest depths of facing the ugliest parts of your trauma and we know that they are going to come out of this and start their healing from here but you can't really start your healing until you go down into the ugliest places to face the ugliest parts of this trauma I love that you're bringing that up, Jenny, because we are going to be talking about that very soon. Yay. Uh, very you know, soon. You, you can't just paint over it if there's toxic. Here's a good metaphor. You can't just paint over toxic mold yeah. and expect it not to seep back through. Right. Yeah, That's exactly here is that like reality has painted itself over with some veneer. But it's like the actual issues, the internal issues, the issues between them have not been addressed. Or yeah. resolved, and it's like, and that it's it's festering, and that's yep. the, that's the problem. That's the, and, it, and it requires you know work and awareness and communication for both of them, and that we are just not there yet. This is if anyone has seen, uh, y'all have seen Avatar, of course, both of you. Of oh course. yeah, we're big Avatar fans. We're big Avatar fans. Yes, there's something that I really love that Avatar does at the end of uh, spoilers. I guess you haven't seen Avatar season two, um, but at the end of season two, when Zuko is given the chance to like do good and join Katara and he doesn't I and he doesn't. fucking love yeah. that it is it is which is the correct narrative choice because he was not there yet right even with right. all the growth that he had right he still had that thing inside him that was like but if I do go home and I do see my father and what yeah. he needed to do in the same way that Katra like I mean need emotionally and narratively what he needed to do was go home see everything that he thought he wanted and go oh, wait, I actually, this is not right. I don't want this. Yeah, Same yeah, thing right. for Catra. Catra needs to get to that point and have her thing in season four where she's like, damn, I thought winning would be different. Yep. Right? Yes. Because oh. if she had gone here, yep. right? If, if she had decided here at any point, the issues would have exploded because she had not gotten to that point yet of being able That's to be right. like, oh, here's why this is wrong. And it's it's fantastic. Right. You need she to get to worse before you get better. play it all the way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah. why, you know, it's so important when Catra says, don't you get it? I am never going with you yeah because yeah that's where that is adora says help me fix this this can't be what you wanted and that's that's catra's breaking point that's when we see catra finally like unhinged unhinged. yeah just like fucking laugh like it's actually like genuinely kind of terrifying again as like a catra lover it's like oh okay best yeah agreed agreed (laughs) okay yeah we're all catra lovers um yeah and this is the first time and I think Adora feels it too. When Katra, you know, has her scary unhinged laughter, she says, don't you get it? I'm never going to go with you. And Adora gasps and steps away from her with this look of genuine shock yeah. on her face. I don't think we've ever seen her react yeah, to Katra it's this way before. Where did Katra go? Like we've seen all sorts of shit from Katra. We've never seen something that is this, I think it's the intensity of it. And I think it's the, the switch on a dime, right? Of mm-hmm. Katra like cradling herself. Like, what? I don't know what you mean. Don't you get it? I'm never going to go with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever mm-hmm. seen Catcher with this level of zero fucks left to give. 
Yeah, this is like her feeling that she had the chance. She gave Adora the chance for them to have everything. And now there is absolutely no salvaging anything. And it's clearly that I'm never going to go with you. It's like, clearly you, Adora, you haven't been fucking listening. I can't go with you. I have been begging you in every way that I know how to beg for you to stay with me. That is what I fucking need. If you love me, you're going to stay with me. You're going to stay with me in this world. Perfect or not perfect. Where I know how things work. All you can keep saying is for me to go with you. Clearly, you don't fucking get it. I'm gonna yeah. go full manic villain, you know. Yeah. Yep. And and then it's like, oh, cool. So you know, because you didn't stay with me, like, fuck you. You're just going to ruin. You're ruining our world. Right. Yep. I'd rather destroy the world than let you win. Right. Which basically means anything other than doing what I want to do. Another one of those bingo words. The uh, uh, cat for saying win. She starts to do that. Especially in season yeah. three, three she's like, Adora always uh-huh. wins. Adora's going to yep. win. I yep. never get to win, right? Like, yep. And what, yeah. is, what is winning? Winning is part of a zero sum. You know, like black yes. and white. If someone wins, someone else loses, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's how exactly. they were raised, right? If, yeah, that notion which of winning is exactly and losing. what you brought up earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they have a fight and, uh, you know, Big pals at the end of the world, you know, while everything is, you know, falling apart around them. And here's another part. So whenever we've seen uh, Catra and Adora fight, um, unless they've been play fighting um, or practice fighting, as we see in the sword, Adora is defending. Adora is always defending. Adora very rarely, if ever, I think, until the portal takes the offensive yeah, it's like she has these like mixed things like in the battle for Bright Moon where she like slams her against the wall and throws her. It's like yeah. reactive. Yes, exactly. It's reactive. Yes, that's a way better way to say it. Adora is reactive, not proactive when she is fighting Katra until we get to the portal. When Adora has her switch, when Adora realizes that this is, you know, that they are, you know, they are 100% on, on other side. Um, you know, but the other side. This fight, as Catra's dangling from the precipice of this like disintegrating landmass, Adora still tries to save her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Adora is reactive; she's defensive, and she's still trying to do the saving. Like Adora is, you know, and we see this. So, like, and she Catra- still hasn't given. So at this point, I just want to point out because it's going to yeah. come up again in the next episode. Adora still has not given up no. on Catra. She still yes. wants to save Catra. She still cares for Catra. Yep. Catra is still a priority for Adora. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. We still see that. And Catra keeps saying, once again, we're back at win. I'd rather see the whole world end than let that happen. That is like, all right. Like that is, uh, you know, one thing we haven't brought up and it's something that we all would love to chat about just quickly. That is like such a Faith Lehane moment. Too. Yes. That. Oh my God, we haven't talked about Faith at all. That's Faith throwing herself off the fucking building. Yeah. Mean, spoilers for Buffy season three. Oopsie. Uh, but like, and we're a fully spoiled podcast, and we're yeah. very unashamed of that. Very, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's literally hers being like, "All right, like, deuces, same yeah. thing." Go on. Yeah. yeah. And and in all of it, like, yeah, it's a very it's a very Faith move. They Faith and and Catcher go to the same group therapy. They absolutely. Do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that is more of Catra. Catra being Faith and Adora being Buffy. And we, you know, there are so many freaking parallels that we haven't even dug into yet, yeah, which I'm fact, sure we will do it again. I would say that the look on Adora's face after Catra lets go and lets herself fall 
into the blip. Yes. The look of that look on Adora's face of like, she can't believe that she did it. Can't believe she's gone. Can't believe I lost her. I failed to save her. Is this exact same look that's on Buffy's face after she stabs Faith? Yeah. And Faith jumps off the side of the building. Yep. That- and Catra still has the look what you did. You killed me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so like, oh, it's because again, in, in, in similar ways, I know this is not a Buffy Shira comparison podcast. Uh, but maybe it is, uh, but is like, you know, that Faith's whole thing was like, I, you know, some, some kind of loneliness and being who she is in this darkness. And so what she wants, as you do, as Catra does is like, I want you to come here with me. I want you mm-hmm. to see this with me, right? You're already so like, look at how I live. Right. And it's the same thing. of like Catra being like, come stay, come stay in this, you know what I mean? Come be like me rather than, you know, go forward or go differently. It's this thing of like, I, I need you to see and be in this reality with me because I can't bear to be by myself. It's the same thing. Yes. Buffy was the one person who was supposed to validate Faith's reality. Faith, yeah. I want you to be me. I mean, obviously this is like basic season three analysis, but it's like the two of them are, you know, shadow selves. And that's where we, right. we start to see Buffy start to slowly sort of transform and like her wardrobe to be like Faith. But there's still that line she won't cross. And it's like, well, fuck then. Because if you can't, right, if you can't or won't be like me, then there's something wrong with me. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah, that. You know, yeah. it's it's the same thing here of like, God, God damn it, you won't fucking stay. Like, Jesus. Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's on on a very um I dig that. Yeah. Simplistic level that is very accurate. I think obviously it's more complicated than that in Buffy sure. and Faith's case because sure, sure. Faith didn't get any support from any outside structure. She, you know, she didn't have any adults caring where she lived or how she lived. Neglected as fuck. You know, she was the most neglected person, even more, somehow even more neglected than Katra, um, which is Uh, maybe less abused, maybe less abused, but more neglected. I think it's different. They're just, they're two different Katra at least had, you know, um, a secure place to live. Uh, Yeah. And and had a door. Yeah, she had a place to live. She had three meals a day that she didn't have to wonder if she was going to have a bed or food the next day. That's, you know, and Catcher was like, you know, threatened with electrocution, you know, on the daily. You know, it's like it's not worthwhile to compare suffering. It's not better or worse. It's, it's just two yeah. different stories that, that have similarities. And obviously there are differences and those differences yeah. matter. Yeah. And of course, I'm sure you also know that Catra and Adora were modeled to a certain extent, on Buffy and Faith by the writers. I did not know that, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, they talked about it. They posted, they tweeted from the writers' room pictures of Buffy and Faith and talked about how they're watching Buffy Faith episodes well, while they were I didn't realize it was inspiration for Catra and Adora. Great. I learned something new. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yes. Yeah. So, like, it's 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 by design. I love yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, ND has also said that Catra and Adora are also partly modeled on him and his wife, Molly. So it's not, you know, a, a full, complete one-to-one analogy, but the the influence is clearly there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We... And, and last, last thing, and then again, I think is also really important, like in any analysis mm-hmm. of Catra, Adora, and the relationship, which, you know, Buffy and Faith don't have, and which is like crucial here, they were friends for like over a decade. That is, that is yeah. massive, massive, yes. massive, massive detail, which informs so much, right? This isn't like someone you just met this isn't someone you've known for a few months this is like hey this is a childhood friend this is someone i've gone through so many things who then goes you know batshit and that informs so much that history and that affection and that familiarity informs the right. way, like, the willingness to forgive the understanding of who she is that is a huge huge part unfortunately we don't, exactly. see, we don't literally see them growing up together but that's that's massive 
you know, that, that makes a difference, right? Even in like imagining, you know, could I forgive someone? It's like, could I forgive someone who did this to me that I met last month? Or could I forgive my childhood friend I grew up with, you know? Right, right. And we do get to see a few flashbacks. Exactly. And this is the crucial, the crucial thing that their relationship is core to their development as people. When last we started discussing, you know, Catcher's Faithful Hayen moment. Uh, but, you know, we see that the entire universe, you know, there is an abyss growing behind Catra and then a literal, you know, like hole in the universe spreading them apart. The metaphorical chasm between them. Oh, that's so deep. Perfect. That, that is so deep. And and as the ground divides between the two of them, Catra falls towards and then into the abyss, and Adora moves away from the abyss. And Adora huh? is still reaching out for Catra. I yes. Love that. I love that the last shot of her is her still, I love that. Reaching yeah. out her hand for people at home who didn't see the video that we are seeing of each yeah. other's faces. Once again, we get the hand reach, right? Yes. We, yes. We, we get our hand reach. Uh, and then we have our parallel scene from Promise. Um, we, yeah. we have and, Catra. And Catra, let's go. I love that moment of like, it's, it's a combination of like bitterness and also just like complete yeah. lack of giving a shit. Like there is some like, I'm going to stick yeah. it to you. And there yeah. is some just like, because like what, at this point, what is it? Yeah. Girlie got left. Yeah. She got nothing left. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Catra lets go and uh willingly falls into the darkness. Yep. This Actually, is where... it's the light. Well, it's the void, right? It's the like, void. Catra falls into the nothing, right? Yes. She falls um, into the nothing. Into the void, right? Okay. And then we also have to uh, and then this is another thing it's actually Leaving like a Dora in just a sea of tears. A sea of tears. And this is a parallel scene that we see in the future. Uh, in, in Failsafe, at the end of Failsafe. Where... This poor, poor kid. I know. So, yeah. you know, so this Adora is... is not yet at a point of being mad at Catra for any of this. Because we're going to see a shift in the next episode. But right now, Adora is still just heartbroken and sad. She's literally on her knees, like sobbing into the ground. Yeah, she runs away from the glitch into a part of the woods that's for now relatively yeah. safe. And then she falls to the ground and sobs along yeah. with all of us. Which is like, uh, which has its parallel and fail safe when, you know, yes, she yes. runs away with Catra's backpack. Yes, so, yes. And, we all uh, need a minute to sob on our knees after that scene. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like there's full collapsing and then... And then we have Raz. Thank God. Yeah, thank you, Raz. Raz shows up and is like, oh, Mara Deary. Well, it doesn't say the Deary part, but, you know, it's really hard to say it without that. Yeah. You made it after all. And now we have yes. Adora, like, clicking in. Oh, it's Raz. Madam yes. Raz. Yes. And, you know, uh, Raz, you know, existing, you know, outside of all concepts of time space has been like mm -hmm. it's been a long time or it hasn't happened yet i don't know i get those two things mixed up yeah right because you know raz understands and embraces the the that the universe is full of paradox and time is an illusion yes good for her, good for her. yes good for yes her. so 
And then you know, Raz drops the bomb here that, you know, Adora wants to know, how do you know this? And well, Adora says she couldn't save anyone else. And Raz says it's not too late. Yes. But thank you. you must act quickly. Yes. And Adora wants to know how Raz knows that. And Raz says it's happened before, but not mm-hmm. in the Madam Raz, t- you know, unstuck from time before. And the mm-hmm. literal, like, it has happened before in linear time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It happened with Mara. Adora suddenly remembers this crucial piece. Mm-hmm. And Raz and- says, yes, dearie. She moved Etheria and took away the stars. <laughs> it was like, it was it crazy. Was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, so the universe collapsed when Mara opened the portal. Okay, so so here's a fun thing that I kind of thought about. This is my tiny little, like, thinking about all the people of Etheria. Okay, so are there, like, myths amongst the people of Etheria about, like, the time when the universe collapsed and changed? Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, do Bo's dads have, like, you know, the myths of the people of Plumeria say that there was a time, you know, when the universe changed. Like, do you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, there are, we have not heard any of them. Right. And this is more of like my like, you know, kind of anthropo- anthropological understanding of the, yeah, the, yeah. the, you know, the people of Etheria, right? It's just yeah, like, it's, it's reasonable just kind of like to think that they would have mythology around that. this crazy shit. Right. And like Bo's dads like have records of that. They're like, well, oral tradition states that at this time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I was just yeah. kind of thinking of that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a, it's it's a cool a idea. A little, little fun bit. Yeah. A little fun um, bit. But Adora is still fixated in the idea that all of this is her fault. Of course, all of this is her fault because everything has to be her fault because that way she has some control. Right. Right. Um, I've been so afraid of becoming another Mara, destroying the world the way she did. And now it's happening. And I love this because Raz, you know, drop like Raz twists our understanding here and says, destroy the world. Mara saved the world. And, it's and like, so oh. will you. And so will you. And we're all like, oh, fuck. Maybe, yep. maybe Light Hope has, hasn't been telling us the entire truth the yes. whole time, right? Yes, turns the whole narrative on its head. And she hits her on the head with the broom to make sure she's really listening. Yep, bonk. But you can't waste any more time. You need to go back to the beginning. You need to find the sword. That's the only way this will stop. Shit, we've heard that before, huh? Yes, and Adora's confused <laughs> because she thinks she already did that. She went to the Fright Zone. The portal wasn't there. And Raz says, no, no, that wasn't the beginning. You need to go back to the very beginning. And at this point, as they're talking, the glitch is cut up with them again. Everything is being enveloped into nothingness around them. And it's very dramatic and scary. Doris says she doesn't understand. Raz says, that's all right, dear. You don't need to understand. You just need to, ding, 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 remember. Fuck. Got it. Need to remember. And I like that Raz is just like, okay, it looks like it's my time. I'm just going to walk right into yes, this. Yes. You know. I, mean, I love how cavalier she is about the whole thing. She's like, peace. Yeah. Yes, I love it. She is at peace and at one with all of creation. Good for her. One uh, good and, for her. and Adora pulls out her little paper again, the one that said Mara before, but now it says Shira. <gasps> what? And she finally has some flashbacks of Bo and Glimmer. Aww. And she says, she says, Bo and Glimmer, I need to find them. And Raz mm. says, yes, go on, dearie, quickly. It's and then. then Raz walks into the portal because she knows it's her time. And she has faith that Adora is going to save them all. So it's not really the end. And then, we, yeah. And then we cut to one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Oh, my God. Of course it is. Yeah. 
Oh, I love you this. I, lo- dark I love Willow, motherfucker. I love conversations about power and corruption and darkness. I of can't course, help it. I'm, kind of, I'm just goth, okay? No, no, no. Of course. I'm just it not happens. surprised. So, so we have, meanwhile, while Raz is rocking into the void, Catra climbs out of the void. The only person we have seen climb out of the void. Again, food for thought. How did that happen? Did, was the letting go like a, a, a misdirect? And she, how, what did she grab onto? You know what I mean? Like what, how'd this work? Yeah, yeah. Catra is, as if we've learned anything throughout Catra's existence is that Catra is also cat a- has nine lives. A cat has nine lives, but also a creature of will. Yeah. Like, you know. And also she's the only one who was- touching the left so i feel like that could have something oh, to do with it oh i do really like that i i was like looking at this metaphorically about catra always you know catra you're has, also right i'm not yeah. disagreeing with you no, i think no, no, there's I'm multiple not layers oh absolutely no i love the like kind of like in universe like physical you the know metaphysics the meta i love this idea i think that's fucking awesome and i also am like i'm so in love with this scene and i'm so in love with this because we see Catra's will to survive yes and to exist um and you know sometimes it's driven most of the time it's driven by spite but spite is a fucking awesome metaphor and it keeps you alive especially if you are the type of person and at Catra is who is you know you know a a victim of terrible abuse and makes it through on sheer will yeah do you think let go meaning to then like come back? I don't know the answer to that. I think I, I kind of feel like it's almost like she let go thinking that she could let go. But her sheer will was like, no, fuck it. We're, we're climbing out of this and might have just like grabbed something like on like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm kind of like working that one out. Me too. I, I don't know. think that. I don't think she had a plan because her experience throughout this episode has been really chaotic. So I feel like she was beyond the point where she cared enough about having a plan. She was just like giving into the experience. And then once she was in it, she found that she was able to continue and go on. Yeah. And also we do see Catra lose all like, you know, at the end of season four. Right before she gets, you know, teleport, uh, you know, teleported up and is essentially, you know, she's suicidal. Right. Like, that's the whole thing. That is when she completely loses all semblance of will for existence. Right. But in this chant, I feel like in this Catra is saying, I don't need to exist. Wait, fuck that. I do need to exist. Yeah. And so when she pulls herself out, she is corrupted by her own like her own void like yeah. like she's she half darkness yeah she is literally and and it looks like it's she's corrupted by the shadow the same way shadow weaver is mm-hmm. I, i've uh. seen people say that they like wish that there had been like some like remnant of that like some scar i think that would have been neat um like some some you know sign that that again i guess if you re, re if you fix reality it can't really stick but i think that would have been neat too and so yeah pointed out that like again this may be a coincidence but you know Maybe it's not because artists are artists, but like the thing she wears, the sleeve she wears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That side. I think that's. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was actually about to bring that out because I was going to bring that up because, yeah, in the fourth season, when she gets her new costume, she does have the one side and it's the side um, 
that it's it's her right side. It's her dominant, you know, and we see her being right handed. So it's her dominant side is the one that is leading from the darkness. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, this is why I love it. Uh, you know, I like I like stories of corruption. I can't help it. I'm a dark motherfucker. So they're so fun. They're so meaty. So. Yep, Catra pulls herself out of the void with an intense will to survive based on spite. Love spite. <laughs> love spite. Love spite. I love and a that's... compelling story. I'm willing yeah. to follow it wherever it may take us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially knowing that we are going to win in the end, that we makes are... it a lot easier <sighs> for me to persevere. And wow. that's why I couldn't persevere with Killing Eve, even though there's a really dominant narrative about how if you love Shira and you're an adult and not a child, then you're definitely going to love killing Eve because it's the same. And I'm like, no, it's definitely not the fucking same because I did not watch all of killing Eve. I watched the first few episodes. And of course, there are comedic beats. I am not denying that. But overall, there is definitely no hope of a happy ending. Like I zero. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just think Sandra owes the shit. So Sandra O is the shit. It's very well acted. It's very well done. No question about that. It's just it's hard for me to persevere when I know that there is no hope of a happy ending. Well, I think on going to that and thinking about perseverance, I want to pose this question to both of you. Mm. What did we learn today? We learned that if you've got enough shit going on in your subconscious and if you've endured enough trauma, it can manifest in an alternate reality that could scare the shit out of you and everyone you know. Also, I don't know if you guys have seen WandaVision, but this also is like... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Again, uh, Wanda, uh, Faith, Catra, and some other characters, they all go to the same group there. Yeah, you you did um uh, a 5 by 5 video on WandaVision, right? That was the one on why it was your favorite Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I really love that one. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. I'm glad you liked that because I, I was... It took me a few tries with that one because I didn't love it at first. Then I, I went and rewrote it anyway. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I encourage everyone to watch it. Thank you. I love Wanda and I love WandaVision and also similar vibes. As, again, different flavor, but it's like mm-hmm. a woman so, you know, undone by despair that manifests into alternate reality that's good, but also not good. It's, again, similar vibes as like Wanda seeing yeah. a guy come out of the grate going, no. Same thing with Catcher going, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's like, yes, yes. Like, I can't see it. Yeah, and the idea of this much power and this much darkness and what are you going to use it for i just want to create a reality where i can be happy with my little fucking family i'm also a big fan of like the the, the idea this this is why i'm not too peeved by like soft magic systems or very nebulous magic systems like she mm-hmm. it's like if you actually look at it you're like what and same with yeah Buffy. oh yeah with definitely Buffy, you're like wait what because you know in it's in service of a story and it's in service yes. of emotions you know and and that's really what i what i personally care about more and so i mm-hmm. like the idea in both of them like wandavision in this and other stuff too of like very much validating the idea of like your feelings like fe- you can't see feelings but they're very real in the sense that look big enough feelings can literally change reality amen it's, it's neat you know I like that. I think that's a great note to end on. I think that is the entire thing up. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, Sar, where on the internet can our wonderful listeners find you and do the thing? uh, Interface with your with your content. Uh, Well, I have a Twitter that I don't use enough because uh, I don't and uh, trying to do less social media. But five by five takes on Twitter, which is the number five x5 and then the word takes uh and then also most significantly uh youtube which is also five by five takes but written out in letters so f-i-v-e 
Um, yeah, I, I uh, will hopefully make some more Shira stuff at some point. I haven't in a while, but I would absolutely love to. So yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for both of us that we would love that. I've got a little outline of like why I really love the the two parter pilot. Why I think it's a really perfect pilot. So like maybe that'll see the light of day. It is. It is perhaps the most perfect pilot <laughs> yeah. ever piloted. Yeah. And that's actually something Jenny and I talked about in our very first episode, which is like, this is the perfect pilot. It's a good fucking pilot. So it's a good fucking pilot. It's a great foundation. There's like so much foreshadowing that you don't even know until you get there. Oh, yeah. And also it gets really fucking gay really fucking fast. Yeah, it does get gay really fast. And also it's very efficient. Zero to gay in 2.5 seconds. Also, the music slaps. I know you have a whole video, which I haven't watched yet. Last parentheses, I fucking love the music is exceptional for all sorts of reasons. Agreed. Agreed. But also like I love the I love a good motif. And in the in the little fraction of a flashback where she's like remembering the promise, they play uh-huh. the childhood theme that is used and then used again. It's the little like dun dun like mm-hmm. yep. Um, which is really nice. Yeah, and we have the, you know, the beginning of, you know, the action motif as our theme song. So obviously we love we love promise as well um so well folks if you liked what you heard and you want everything to be perfect you can like and follow us on apple podcast spotify google play or wherever you get your podcast fix you can also find us on twitter instagram tiktok and facebook at heyadoracast or you can email us your descriptions of your perfect day at heyadoracast at gmail.com also we never remember to tell people to rate and review us on itunes that's an important thing too if you like our shit please rate and review us on itunes because that helps more people find us it's true i i just i just assume that you all love us but you know hey yes but this is the thing you can do to show your love please rate and review us and follow us on social media and send us adoration and pizzas yes yes send us an email pizza and more importantly, <laughs> Patreon! Yes, join us on Patreon. This has been a super long episode, so let's just assume that you guys all know all the great shit we do on Patreon. And if you want to know more, you'll you'll go find it either on our website or all the links that will be on our show notes or at heyadora.gay. Yes, and remember that every week has our Spotify playlist. Remember is also going to be in our show notes. And yeah, that's right. We super fucking got a dot gay. Yeah, we did. <sighs> Thank you for, uh, enormously for uh, letting me be here and ramble and yell. Oh my gosh. Thank this you for coming. This was enormous fun. You've been a wonderful guest. Yes. And fantastic hosts. I'm deeply appreciative. No, we are deeply appreciative. That was awesome. Yes, the three of us are definitely making a cone of power here. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, please come back. We will we would love to have you back. Find a meaty find a meaty episode. We'll talk. Yes. <laughs> and remember, folks, queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe. Ow! Ow! Remember. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs>